Awesome, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of It Is What It Is podcast. I'm your host, Cody Kelly. Look, it's a new season, new year. I'm super excited. Got a lot of new things going on. I've done a lot of stuff just on the low. Look, first of all, you got to buy the signature supplement line. If you're in the fitness and apparel and sports supplement, this is a black-owned sports supplement line. How many sports supplement lines can you see that? Shop at cvmkglobal.store where all your fitness needs are met. Connect with your boy at Instagram, uh, IG at cvmk33, and the business page at cvmk underscore global. And always subscribe to the YouTube page at cv space k i have an amazing episode uh, another author on a meet the author series uh with a book entitled street dreaming i have none other than justin jones justin how you doing today hey how you doing man nice to meet you man it's cool to be here man thanks for being on the show i'm super excited about this thanks for responding to you know my post you know, sometimes when you put it out there, you don't know who's really going to, you know, vibe with it and, and get back to you. But I appreciate, you know, just the positivity, man. But you wrote this book, right? Street Dreaming, really this homage to rap music, specifically focusing on uh, Nas's album, It Was Written, right? First of all, I always start off and say, you know, what inspires an author to write? Like, why did you take on this initiative? Um, well, it was a couple of things uh, for me. Um, one, that's one of my uh, favorite albums of all time. Um, and that's actually the album that got me into uh, rap music. As a kid, it came out, I was, I believe I was like seven or eight when it came out. And, um, you know, I was just addicted to the uh, If I Rule the World uh, single with uh, Nas and Laurel. But yeah. what actually inspired me to actually do a book on it was I knew it was... Um, coming up on the 25th anniversary of the album, uh, yeah. 96. Um, so I wanted to, and I felt like that was um, a unique um, anniversary. And then also um, the person who introduced me to the book is a cousin of mine and he passed away about two uh, years ago. Uh, when he had a bout with Huntington's disease. Yes, yeah, And you. when he passed, I was like, um, you know, I want to do something and like paying like, uh, homage to him and um, you know and, and for inspiring me to you know get into like rap music and also you know my I had a love for music that kept me out of the streets mm. I grew up and you know when I, when I was able to go to college and you know you know do different things like college radio and stuff and and do that but a lot of people that I grew up with didn't you know have that or take that path right so uh, when he uh, passed I was like you know let me you know, I wanted to do something for him, even though he's not here anymore. And then also, so I started writing the book during the pandemic because uh, I had a lot of time on my hands like everybody else did. Yeah. And I I wrote it. It took me about, you know, nine months or so to really do it or whatever. And um, that was a big t- t- task because I didn't think I, you know, I didn't know how to start or where to start or whatever. But I did so. Cool, cool. So, so you know, you covered a lot of ground there. First of all, where are you from, dog? Like, where you said, uh, you know, where are you from, man? Well, I was born in Chicago. Hey, I, you know, um, so that's where my roots start. But I was raised in Buffalo. Uh, okay. From Buffalo, I claim Buffalo, New York. Gotcha, New York. Okay, so I'm a Chicagoan. So you know, I was like, I was like, man, there's a bot, man. Chicago, Chicago, for real, man. Um, yeah. 
so this album it was written so um uh, the the album itself uh where the book is really alluding to and really focusing on produced by dj premier dr dre havoc it's his second studio album it's i did not know this this was a uh, a fact that I was shocked. It's still his best-selling album uh, yep. of all time. Uh, debut number one in U.S. Billboard 200 charts. Uh, and it's certified triple platinum with 2.5 million sold. And it was released the same year that Jay-Z's Reasonable Doubt mm-hmm. <laughs> album came out. And I was like, wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, Because I'm a huge uh, Jay-Z fan. So with Nas's, Nas's album, Take me through the process, because you, you, you mentioned something. You talked about the laws uh, that were passed that has influenced culture. So so take me through that process. Uh, well, on the book, I touch on a specific law that was passed that influenced the culture. It was the Telecommunications Act uh, that got passed in 1996. Uh, it was under the Clinton administration because he was president at the time. Right. And um, I, I touch on that in... Um, one of the chapters, it, it influenced not only um, rap culture, it, it influenced all of media, really. Uh, for anybody that wants to look up that law up, it, it, uh, as far as TV, radio, also um, Internet, because Internet was becoming big at that. It, it was stuck. It was going to become big at that time. It was sure. um, like the pretty much the start of it around that time. And but the part that um, I touch on on the book is how it allowed for a lot of radio stations to be uh, merged with uh, big uh, corporations. Mm-hmm. So a lot of local radio stations at the time who would promote like hip hop or local hip hop or whatever, like um, that changed once that law was passed. Not exactly in that year; it was mainly in the years following. But it allowed for a big. Um, big corporations to buy up smaller radio stations and then influence uh, playlists that would be played like throughout the country. So something like that might seem minor like that. to most people would actually impact your, uh music uh, in particular and like in a major way and like yeah. within like the next few decades. So, yeah, no, it makes sense. It, it it basically opened up the market for smaller players. So, you know, what was considered underground or, you know, non-mainstream became automatically mainstream because they both kind of fed in uh, to that vein. It was, a, I think it was the first time that minor companies could compete. Like it kind of removed this anti, you know, or I would say this really presence of a monopoly, right? Because a lot of, at that time, music was controlled, right? Like you couldn't just like now, you know, if somebody wants to blow up, you know, they release a song, they can put it on like DJ distro, you know, (laughs) you know, you can, you can literally like market yourself into stardom, but there was certain channels uh, during that particular time you actually had to go through. So this is kind of like the breakdown of the start uh, of the breakdown. So that's that's cool. So you talked about, uh, you know, 96 was huge uh, because it made hip hop mainstream. Right. Like before it was just a, you know, a sub genre. Right. Um, By 96, you have Pac, you have Biggie, you have mainstream artists that, you know, is getting played on MTV. Right. 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 And the whole cultural influence uh, behind that. Tell me, how did that specifically impact you? Uh, And then how does it like work itself into your writing? 
Uh, well, it impacted me then because I, that's how I got into rap, like looking at MTV. It was specifically that year or around that time, you know, looking at MTV and BET and VH1 and the music videos and everything like that. Like um, that actually had more influence on me than actual radio. Yeah. Um, and and it did for like years to come in my growing up or whatever. So that um, that alone is um, was, was big as far as um, as far as uh, influence. And uh, that was a big year because, like you said, Tupac was around. Uh, the Fugees came out that year. Busta Rhymes, uh, Jay Z, um, he had came out with the, the "Ain't No" record at the same time mm-hmm. that, that summer or whatever. So uh, that's actually one of my favorite years in hip hop because it was so many people. Either they were at the peak of their careers, like LL Cool J, or they were just starting. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. Uh, so it's crazy. So I, I agree with you. I think 96 was like an awakening, right? Um, the <laughs> It was so crazy. So, you know, I, I grew up, you know, in the church. Parents, you know, were uh, ministers and whatnot. So I couldn't, I couldn't like watch BET. Like they wouldn't let me. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. So, so like I would hear about Biggie. Through my older cousins, you know, so I would listen to it while you know I was with them. The only rapper that I was like allowed to listen to uh, was like Will Smith. No, there's no shade, it, you know. I'm just saying, like, you know, my mom was like, "Well, he's clean. I like him." You know, like I can listen to Hammer. I can listen to you know Will Smith. And then you know when Biggie and Pac kind of like started to really, you know, take off. Um, despite their demise, their, you know, unfortunate demise, you know, you kind of, you, you, it just like, it, it created this new like energy behind the music. Right. Mm-hmm. So the first rap album that I buy is back day complete with that pump first workout of the year, new year's happy 2022 to you. Gotta get superpower only at CVK Global Store. You want to get your baddie out of 2022? You know where to go. CVK Global Right. Mm-hmm. So the first rap album that I buy. So my dad's like, I remember this story very vividly. My dad takes it to the store. Obviously, this is when you know they were still selling CDs, and then you know the CDs actually had real artwork, right? Like if you bought yeah. it, you had you had the full you know album and the lyrics and everything. So it was a it was a real thing to go get music back in the day. And the first, so my brother buys Ready to Die, right? He buys, mm-hmm. buys Biggie's album. And then I buy Missy Elliott's album, uh, The Real World, right? Because I was okay. like, okay. I was here and it was like, bro, Nas is on this. I didn't even know who Eminem was. It was like, the whole, like this whole album is fire. So yeah. I'm like, the, the really my first like hip hop experience. And I'm like, this is cool. And then until my mom heard, <laughs> Literally, her rip and sat there listening did like a, a a demo about the CD that I bought. Yeah. It was funny, but I I totally agree with you. I think 1996 shifted a lot of things, and it was a start yeah. for a lot of people, right? Like people now that we consider the goat really kind of got their start in 1996. Like he was yeah. like, oh man, you know, Jay came out, Foxy Brown. I mean, there's a whole host. Uh, Master P was really starting to take off, you know, so there was just a lot of just energy uh, and a lot of just influence going on in, in that particular thing. 
Um, so you write Street Dreaming. You you mentioned you said it was during the pandemic. Um, you had a lot of you know you had time on your hands to really kind of discuss your connection to this piece, discuss your reasons why, and 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 particularly focus on Nas's uh, album and and kind of uh, write a essay essay book. If if you you know could if you could meet Nas, um, what would you tell him? You know, what, what, what as a, as if you think about when, you know, it was 1996 or seven. So you you and me are around the same age. Uh, it sounds like you're a late eighties baby like myself. Yeah. Uh, you can meet your, your, your idol. You can meet Nas and you can say this influenced me. Why? That's a good question. I wouldn't prepare for that one. Um, I think I would say to him, um, you know, your music saved my life. It kept me out of, kept me out of trouble, kept me out of the streets. And um, it transcended me to even, you know, you know, going to even going to school, going to college and, you know, transitioning and out of that and everything. And, and it opened up my mind that you didn't you don't it's, it's cool to, you know, to read and, and that this, that and the third. So I would tell him thank you for, you know, your music, your art saving my life and everything. And um, I would tell him that, you know. The, the book or whatever is um, is me basically, you know, um, that's I was because it was written. It's not my favorite Nas album. I got okay. other ones, but it was written as the start of my fandom. Yeah. The culture in general. So it, it's basically me giving back to what I feel like has been, you know, was given to me. What? So first of all, what is your favorite Nas album? Um. My my favorite Nas oh uh, most people would say Illmatic but it's yeah. actually uh, Godson because I know I came when I was in high school when I was out I remember Godson um, Godson was so I but you know I, I think he has I think Illmatic is like the perfect album but it's not mm-hmm. my favorite album Godson is like it's my favorite album uh, Illmatic is the perfect possibly one of the you know, it's, it is one of the greatest albums of all time. And then you have, like, It Was Written is also a favorite, but because I didn't, I was too young to understand It Was Written, so I grew up and got older. Um, that That's one of my, my my second favorite, but Godson is actually my favorite favorite. Who do you, who do you think really embodies Nas's, like, like mantra right like you know i think nas was the perfect blend of consciousness yet a certain level of connection you know to uh urban america yet bar wise nas would destroy like you really have to listen to nas right (laughs) like and and he kind of like where krs1 was conscious bar but he didn't have the sound yeah, and it's not a diss. It's just that sound was different. Like with Nas, it was a it was a real like Nas yeah, had the voice, yeah. right? Yeah. So you know, in my opinion, I think if there's any rapper out there that has that just kind of drive, it's Kendrick Lamar, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I think that's the closest you can yeah. get to it, right? Who do you think really embodies Nas's kind of flow? You mean like in today's time? Yeah, uh, I think. Uh... As far as subject matter, it's probably Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. I think as far as uh like the way he um 
the way he rhymes is it's uh j cole i think j cole mm-hmm. is probably probably that but subject matter like the heavy subject matter is definitely kendrick lamar yeah. no i agree i hey, j j cole's yeah you really the thing the thing about j cole's like i had to really listen you know sit there and like okay play it back yeah, yeah. Okay. Play it back again, right? And like, wait a minute. What do you say? Like, he he is a artist that literally, if you took the music, you took the beat away, he would be a poet. Like his his, his, his like that's really what he is. And you have to listen. Like, wow, did he just you know what did yeah, he say? That's why he won the got the Pulitzer Prize. Kendrick yeah. because of that. Yeah. J Cole is phenomenal, man. I, I had songs to J Cole. I think I think that is what's needed. You know, I would say like. If if they're uh, this generation that's leading to me the charge of what hip hop should be and could be, it's Kendrick, it's J Cole, and it's Chance. Um, you know, I mean, Jay, because Jay and Nas is, you know, they're 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 the captains. Like nobody, you know, they're on another level that you know. It's like if you get to that level, and I mean, you can throw Jay in there, I'll throw Kanye in there. You know, <laughs> you know, but like they're just they're just in a class by themselves. That every now and then they just let you know that they still can rap. And they'll yeah, throw out something, yeah. but they're not, they're not, I feel like they're not interested, even though Nas's EMP, uh, EPMD album came out. Uh, yeah, yeah. and that was the, like the song he had with Eminem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, he right, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though M, a M will shock you, you'd be like, what? You know, mm-hmm. like Marshall Mathers, man, like Eminem is still that guy if you really listen to him, man. Yeah, you know, yeah. Jay, Jay and Nas is like, I um, always say they, they two, they one A and one B. Like, you can't really have one without the other. No, I uh, wish they honestly would do a versus. Yeah. And I know they will never do it, but I would just, you know, because catalog, yeah, yeah. catalog wise, I mean, obviously, like, you, nobody can mess with Jay Z's catalog because no. Jay has, Jay has written more than he's rapped. <laughs> like, hey, yeah, no, he can play, he can play just the stuff from the 90s alone. Yeah, just, you know, we don't even have to go beyond two thousand. No, and he still wins, you know. Yeah, I touched on Jay Z a lot in the book too, um, especially like chapter two, because you know it's important to note like it was written came out with the date it came out. Uh, Reasonable doubt, Jay's first album came out the week prior. Mm-hmm. I was very interested, you know. Those two have had a very unique relationship. I mean, they're they're cool now, you know, but they, they have had a very unique and and I get it, you know, sometimes it just takes time, right? And and but I you know what I like about Jay-Z and Nas is that they were always adults. Mm-hmm. You know, like that was yeah, that's something yeah. that like this generation I'm not saying it because we got some we got some really cool artists coming up, but we also got some just like why, you know, like but <laughs> I mean they were yeah, adults yeah. about even when yeah. you know big you know you know uh big pimpin jay-z like it was still in a he was an adult it wasn't like you, yeah. you really have to take the full album into consideration before you even kind of uh, yeah. go down that trajectory so you can't to me talk about uh the fullness of anyone without discussing certain negativities uh that you know kind of come about right so um sometimes when you discuss these the darknesses of this truth you know that can play out right um what and you said something that you know really stood out to me you said like it saved my life 
You know, like it, it took me out the street because I think Nas made like uh, intellectualism. Like it wasn't, it wasn't lame. It wasn't, you know, a punk thing. It was something that like every man, every human being should aspire for. Um, why? And especially at that time, because I feel like Nas kind of got not forgotten about, but when you go, so 96 comes out and then you go three years later, four years later, and I call it the cash money era. Right. And I call it the dark side of hip hop. Right. Like this is when hip hop had no consciousness. <laughs> you know, it was, <laughs> you know, it was literally just, you know, strip club music only. Right. Like it was, it was just, you know, bling, bling. And it was the whole whatever. Uh, but that's what, that's what was selling. Like that's what they want. And then Nas kind of made like, and I never understood it. Like QB's finest. You know, like what he, did, yeah, yeah, like what he kind of did that, like that alias, like it wasn't like Nas esque. Do you think it was just because the the market, the the industry demanded for him to kind of make this more what I would say commercial based music? Uh, yeah, and I touch on that a little bit in the book too because I I, I start off the chapter with the fact that like Illmatic is like this critically acclaimed album. Yeah. And it's you know reviewed revered so much um, to the like to in today's time like it just got into the um, recording red like the national recording registry just like this last year, sure. but at the time it didn't sell well. It didn't sell. Well. I think it only sold like the year came out like fifty thousand or a little bit, little bit, little bit more than that, but. It didn't sell anything, it, not compared to like Biggie's Ready to Die or right. Chronic and Doggy Style and everything. So he was kind of like still on this underground like um, way of how people viewed him. And when you're in the music business, your career is not going to advance by, you know, just having a critically acclaimed album. Like you can get dropped from your label and everything. So he had to make that transition with the uh, It Was Written album to go mainstream. That was the start of him going mainstream. And then, like you said, a few years later when music is changing, is going in the, like the clubs or, or whatever, like he had to, in order to like maintain his, um, his um, career, he had to basically play that game or whatever. Mm. And it was mainly like his radio hits because he still would drop knowledge on like the albums or whatever, but like the <laughs> singles... You know, it had to fit in that format, of, right? You know, like MTV and BET had, you know, just like everybody else. That's true. That's true. Like I, I saw, and I guess that was weird because you would see like Nas a single with like you know uh, the song with Genuine, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> and you like, you like, this is this is so not Nas. It's still catchy yeah. though. You listen, you be yeah. like, this is wild, but it's just not Nas. Mm. And then. You listen to the album, it's like this this don't even sound like you know, like the person that made Godson and the person that made yeah. me. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, like who is you know, this kind of flip, but then you yeah. watch you watch Jay-Z. It, it's it's weird because like uh his evolution was mm-hmm. like first commercial, and then it started to like go, you know. We're yeah, not, yeah, right, yeah, like yeah. so, it's almost like a an inverse, but that they end up in the same point. It's so weird. 
we're this kind of thing, man. We're this kind of thing. But like, yeah. I got one more question. I appreciate you, Justin, man, for being all here, man. You've been a yeah. blast. Uh, you know, I'm gonna tell the people to go, you know, buy the book and connect with you, man. But look, last question, um, and, and I have it written down. Um, so every author, I feel like, shares a piece of them in the story, like you can feel their essence. Uh, when somebody takes pen to pad. It's the most it's one of the most vulnerable forms of communication. Right. Like you can't, you know, be anything but yourself while writing. Right. The stories, the you know, the parallels, the connections, that's all stemming from here. What other than just, you know, paying homage and saying, hey, look, you know, Naj, you influenced me as a young black man to really, you know, stay out of the streets and do something with yourself and be this positive light in the world and help others and to serve others. What are you really trying to get to? Like, if there's a deeper hidden truth about Justin, right? Like, what what does Justin want his audience and his readers to connect with? Um, yeah, um, I would say that I want people to take away that um, the fact that, you know, I listen to music just like everybody else, but my takeaways from it is... Uh, deeper than just like listening to music just for like to have a good time. Like I, I take different things like when does a certain song or album come out and the time period that it's in and why is it working or not working and and th- things like that. Like, um, like for instance, um, an album like Kendrick Lamar's To Pimple Butterfly, that, that describes the social injustices going on at that particular time when that comes out. Uh, it was written is about, you know, co- the commercialization of rap. Um, what I want people to, and really when I wrote the book, I had like young kids coming up, like how I came up, I had that in mind. And I want that to be the takeaway, like, hey, listen, when you know you listen to the music or whatever, like you don't necessarily have to it i I did it too because i want to inspire people kids like how i was inspired by that music yeah you don't necessarily have to grow up and rap or make music you could grow up and write a a book about that music or you know teach kids uh different things about hip-hop and hip-hop's history and stuff like that like i i pride myself on being like a historian of hip-hop and you know of different artists and different you know subgenres of that culture so basically it's me especially young black men like you can do you go through other a lot of different avenues if to to get your voice out and and to inspire other people just like i would perfect perfect man i appreciate it y'all connect with justin man you see this brother out here just read a book go cop street dreaming Justin, tell the people where they connect with you, where they can purchase the book, where they can follow you on your social media platforms. Okay, um, you can follow me at Essential Vision, uh, E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-V-I-S-I-O-N on Instagram. I'm on Instagram a lot. Uh, there, I have the link for the book. The book is, uh, oh, and also Justin Jones uh, on Facebook. But you can... Um, I have the link for the book on Instagram. It's on uh, Amazon.com. It's on paperback, and you can get it on Kindle too. Um, 
And then I'm working on doing a Barnes and Noble, um, but that's not yet. So that's just Amazon for right now for a paperback and a Kindle. Perfect, y'all. Go to Amazon, put in Street Dreaming, go get it, put it on your Prime. Uh, you know, get that thing, get your intellectual uh, just grasp up, y'all. Connect with your man, connect with Justin on Instagram and Essential Vision. Follow him, support him. Let him know, brother. I appreciate you. I dig what you're doing. First of all, I like I tell anybody, following is free. You know, you don't have, you don't even cost you anything to follow somebody, but it lets him know, it lets the creator know. Um, you know, like, hey, man, I, I dig it. I, you know, I'm down. I support. Uh, and the ones that are doing this, because when anybody takes the initiative, and I say this as a content creator, right? Uh, or when you're a leader, an entrepreneur, business person, whatever, 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 whatever. When you put something, when you make something, you put something out there, it, you know, subconsciously you want to protect it, right? Because uh, that's yours. But you want people to, you know, hear you out and to really feed off of it and see what you're providing. And it's some good stuff. Y'all connect with Justin. And as always, if you want to keep seeing amazing influencers, amazing strategists, leaders, authors, all around, just amazing people, you know what you got to do. Follow your man on Instagram at CVMK33 and the business page at CVMK underscore global. Hit up the store, the supplement store, fitness apparel, CVMKglobal.store. And subscribe to the YouTube page at CV space k i appreciate you guys just thank you so much and until next time guys thanks there's a hero in all of us waiting to be unleashed all it takes is just that one last push activate the hero within with cvmk global supplements all natural steroid free designed to enhance performance build muscle and increase energy you are unstoppable you can do this. Become your own hero at www.cbmkglobal.store.